T-I-T-K Thanatos by Sanchana, Arden, and Channing. T-I-T-K Thanatos. T-I-T-K Thanatos? Mabel questioned. She was lying in her hotel bed, trying to learn something about the mysterious hotel they were temporarily living in. Her neck ached from the unergonomic position she was currently in. She scrolled down on her phone, but couldn't find anything about the hotel. Classic, she muttered. It was a small hotel in the huge city of London. In all of the hustle and bustle, this small hotel would go unnoticed to people who were just passing by. Mabel was a short girl, shorter length, armor and hair, paired with green eyes and speckled with ivory skin. She was also very clumsy. Her family never ceased to stop reminding her of that. Mabel, her mother called to her, walking into her small hotel bedroom. Her mother was all dressed and carrying a favorite purse, ready for work, as always. Mabel sighed. I need to go now, her mother declared, as if it wasn't obvious enough. Be good. Whatever you say, mother. See you at six and don't wander, her mother finished kissing her cheek. As soon as her mother left, Mabel jumped out of her bed and pulled on her canvas shoes. Her hotel was an unfamiliar place. Of course she was going to explore. She grabbed the hotel's rusty old keys and opened the door. Mabel ran down the hall, heading for the elevator. She tapped her foot impatiently, kicking away dust on the rickety floorboards. The elevator pulled up with a ding, and Mabel got in. She quickly pressed the lobby button, noticing how dark it was inside the steel compartment. As she waited, she noticed cobwebs in the corner above her. Inching away from the cobwebs, she pulled out her phone as the elevator rang with each floor. When she reached the lobby, the doors opened with difficulty. She got out, shaken, and looked around. There was a dark oak rain desk with a golden bell on it and crumbling papers. There were turned curtains hanging on the wall and a small sitting area with two marked red couches that were now faded for all the time. There was also an impeccable statue near the elevator, Mabel noticed. The details were astounding. The statue had grain blonde hair and a tight bun, a Botox face and a pointy nose. It wore a long dress lined with fur and diamond earrings. Mabel walked over and touched the small crown on the statue's head. Suddenly, the statue moved. What do you think you're doing? A strict British voice asked coldly. Mabel jumped back, completely bewildered. I- I'm so sorry, miss, Mabel exclaimed. I didn't know you were that, uh, real? She said in a more questioning tone. Well, pay more attention next time, the lady spoke, her voice as cold as ice, and stormed away. Mabel took one last look at the woman and ran. She couldn't help it. The woman sent showers, sh- uh, shivers down her spine. Her voice is freezing, Mabel thought. Her legs and heart pumping, she ran all through the lobby, pushed past the heavy dark brown wood doors. They were graved with symbols of inverted torches and swords outside, only to crash into a big, muscly man. The man had a big French mustache and wore a shabby old purple suit. He looked big and scary, but Mabel could tell his eyes were kind, and maybe a little nervous. Probably just from the crash, Mabel concluded. Sorry, the, the man's gruff Australian voice of that. Uh, didn't mean to bump into you, mate. Uh, it's okay, Mabel responded. She stood up and dusted herself off. I'm Mabel. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump into you. Don't worry, the name's Oliver. Nice to meet you, miss. Nice to meet you, too, Mabel responded kindly. But a loud crack of thunder interrupted her men's sentence. Suddenly, rain poured down from dark, puffy clouds, and the streets became wet and slippery. Well, nice meeting you, Mabel said hurriedly as she rushed inside. She quickly dashed into the elevator, her damp clothes dripping onto the floor. With a loud beep, the elevator pulled it up and Mabel stepped in. She noticed that there was another girl in the elevator with her. She had light brown hair, pale skin, and gray eyes. She reminded Mabel of someone, but she couldn't quite place who. 
Hello, the girl piped up. I'm Marina, but you can call me Ori. Are you new? Ori questioned excitedly. Yes, my family's staying here until our house is ready, Mabel responded wearily. Just then, the elevator, elevator dinged to Mabel's floor, and she and Ori got out. Oh, where's your room? Mine's right here. Ari, pulled, Ari pointed to the room across from Mabel's. Oh, that's cool. Mine's across from yours, Mabel explained. Suddenly, an ear-splitting scream shook the hallway and sent shivers down the girl's spines. What was that? Ari shrieked frightenedly. I don't know, Mabel replied shakily. Just then, a man burst out of the staff room and knocked on the door that the scream had come from. When nobody answered, he pulled a key out with trembling fingers and then locked the door, then went in. The man let out a scream and came running out of the room. She, she, she's dead, he burst out. The girls exchanged glances. A hotel guest found dead? They couldn't believe it. Mabel looked at Ari again, her eyes wide with frozen fear. What? What? Mabel stuttered. My, my, my mother, Ari said, rushing into her room without further ado. When Mabel got to her hotel bedroom, she collapsed on her bed. A hotel death across the hallway from me? Am I dreaming? Mabel pinched herself. This can't be possible. I've got to see for myself if this is real. Mabel tripped out of the bed and made her way out of the room. She was crossing the hallway. She heard soft pad of footsteps inching near her to her. She turned around timidly, her pulse rushing, and saw a big, burly man coming towards her. Hi, hi, she said shakily, just heading towards my room, not doing anything wrong. She stopped when she realized it was Oliver. Listen, miss, I wouldn't be roaming around at this time after what just happened. Oliver told Mabel, his eyes glancing back and forth nervously. Don't know what just happened, so we want to be careful. His feet shuffled beneath him. Mabel sighed. She supposed he was right. It could be dangerous, but she wanted to see if it was real. She turned and headed back into her room, only to hear Oliver sigh with relief behind her. Crash, Mabel woke up with a start. What time is it? She checked the clock. It was 3 a.m. Mabel looked around. There was no one in her room, so she tiptoed out into her mom's room. She was sound asleep. Mabel then tiptoed into the small living room. A dark, shadowy figure was holding a measuring cup and pouring something into a beaker. The figure put both containers down and then walked quietly out. Mabel raced silently over to the counter and wafted the substance. It smelled sour and disgusting. She then poured it down the drain. After, she raced back into her room and threw herself in bed and tried to fall asleep. Mabel woke early due to the excitement of yesterday. She just had to know if the murder was real. She got dressed in her favourite cotton iron shirt and blue jeans, and then quietly stood out into the living room. She turned the handle of the dreary door and entered the hallway. She crossed it and was about to try and go into the same dead person's room, but a male voice caught her off guard. What do you think you're doing? It was Thea, her genius older brother. Theo came as a surprise to her. She hadn't seen him in such a long time, even though one of the reasons they moved to Britain was to be closer to him. He was standing at a college close to their new house, and Mabel hadn't known that Thea was at the hotel with her and her mom. Theo, what are you doing here? I can ask you the same. I was just, uh, exploring. I wanted to be able to find my way around this place if we're going to stay here for a while, Mabel explained. She didn't ignore the fact that Theo hadn't answered her question. Uh-huh, and I'm going to get a flying car for my birthday, Theo said sarcastically. Go back to bed, or go read a book or something. Fine, Mabel accepted, but she was really trying to trick her with the brother. She doubted it would work. Theo could figure out how many stars were in the sky if he wanted to. There was no telling the lengths to which he would go to to figure out what she was doing. Scrunching up her face in indignation, Mabel walked across the brown and tan carpet back into the hotel room where she and her mom were staying. Once she got in, she ducked under the table so Theo wouldn't know that she was planning to go back up. She waited until the sound of Theo's footsteps faded away, then jumped up, banging her head, and then quickly raced across the hall, rubbing her head. 
Mabel turned the doorknob, expecting to find it locked. However, she was completely astonished when the door swung open with a creak. Step by step, Mabel slowly walked inside, the floor shifting with each drop of her foot. She spotted the cobwebs lining the candles that were burnt out. The room was dark. To tell the truth, she was a bit scared. Just a teeny bit, though. As they went to the room, she heard the creaking of floorboards and the swish of air draft against the curtains. She shivered and jumped as she accidentally knocked down a small table. Then she saw it, the dead body, on the bed, the one just like the one in her room. A woman sprawled on the wrinkled sheets, pale skin and dry hair. Mabel stood there, shocked. With small women, she tiptoed backwards out of the room in shock, and her feet took her to this hotel room. She collapsed on her bed, not sure what she had seen. Mabel was confused and shocked. Who in the world would kill an, kill an innocent woman? She was determined to figure out. Mabel lay in her bed, trying to decide whether to go back into the murdered woman's room to look for clues or not. She was interested in the mystery and wanted to solve it, but at the same time, she was frightened. And she also didn't know what the police would think about a girl trying to solve a murder by herself. Then again, if she didn't go, she wouldn't get any closer to solving it. So Mabel got up, put on her boots, and crossed the hotel room. She dashed across the hall and prepared to face the dead body. Mabel turned the handle, but then heard the pitter patter of footsteps coming down towards her. Mabel stopped her sudden frustration. Not again! She supposed it was a hotel. But why couldn't she investigate in peace without someone coming along and ruining it? And worse, when the person came around the corner, Mabel found out the footsteps belonged to the one person in the hotel who hated her the most, the statue beast. Tall and menacing, her gaze as cold as ice, the lady slowly made her way towards her, like a predator approaching her prey. What are you doing here? The statue lady asked Mabel, spitting each word out slowly and looking at her as if she smelled something disgusting. I'm guessing you're not... Uh, just exploring? Mabel was about to freeze in place or run, but instead her stubbornness took control. She folded her arms and looked directly at the lady. It's none of your business, Mabel stood her ground. The lady's eyes flashed furiously. Clearly that was not the response she expected. I am Miss Beatrice Smith, and you listen to me, young lady. Whatever you're doing, don't mess up anything. And Miss Beatrice Smith pushed past Mabel and stormed away, casting one last hateful look at Mabel. Well then, Mabel thought, I guess it's possible for her to hate me more. Mabel started to head back back into her hotel room. Her plans foiled, but she stopped her tracks when she smelled something bitter and toxic. She sniffed, but the smell had gone away. Hmm. Mabel thought, I wonder what that is. Mabel tried to go and try and go back to the women's room. She listened very carefully, but couldn't hear any footsteps. She then ran down the hall to the elevators and to the other side and back to make sure nobody was around. Nobody was. Mabel started to twist the doorknob and then stopped. Okay, she was scared. Mabel plucked up her courage and twisted it again. This time, she opened the door without a creak. It's been opened multiple times since the time when she had confirmed the mother the murder was real. Mabel steadily um, stepped into the dark, eerie room. The bitter, toxic smell she had encountered mere moments before was present here. Now Mabel petrified. Something out of the room just made her heart beat quicker and her blood curdle. Frightening sounds came from inside, and the wind swooshed through, making her bones freeze. Finally, Mabel gathered an ounce of bravery and forced herself to walk into the room. The sight that greeted her was a total surprise. Theo was sitting on the ground with a bottle that said cyanide in one hand and a cup of tea in his other hand. Theo, Mabel asked, confused, what are you doing in here? Well, I was just cleaning up. I was cleaning up. Cleaning up. Mabel had never seen her brother so lost for words. Even though he had been in college for a long time, she was certain he had never been like this when he was away. Is he? Theo, she questioned, we're holding cyanide. Are you, 
Did you do the murder? Me? Murder? Of course not. Theo chuckled, but the laughter sounded fake. No, I'm pretty sure you did. You didn't want me to come in here, and you were so defensive, Mabel pressed, although she really didn't want to know. Theo paused for a second, dropping the cyanide onto the floor, where it smashed and took a step back. He suddenly got angry. Okay, okay, I did it, he snarled. But, but why? Mabel asked, heartbroken. Why would her brother, the one she had known and loved, murder someone? Oh, Mabel, poor innocent Mabel. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to know more. A crazy expression came over his face, and his eyes grew red and deranged. I wanted to see what it'd be like to murder. I wanted to study guilt and philosophy. Death is a fascinating subject that can be used for good or bad. Technically, I used it for both, Theo finished insanely. And Mabel couldn't believe her ears. Theo thought it was acceptable to kill someone just so he could study it. So what are you going to do? Theo asked her, standing mocking. Rat me out? Tell? No. I've already studied the guilt of murder. It's quite fascinating, really, he smiled. I wonder how it would feel to kill another person, he said slowly, then looked out with an evil glint in his eye. That last sentence, that simple sentence, mixed with the whole situation, set Mabel off. She started to scream the loudest she had ever screamed. Stephen dropped to his knees and covered his ears. Footsteps pounded the hall and the door burst open as a flood of people came rushing in. What's going on, Mabel? Her mother asked frantically. Apparently, she had come home from work. Theo spot. Theo smiled maniacally. Now I will know everything. Now I will know what it feels to die. Finally, finally. And he tipped the contents of a second bottle of cyanide down his throat. His muscles seized up. His face turned a convulsed shade of bluish purple, and he lay still on the ground. Theo! Mabel's mother yelled. He, he's dead! Mabel mothers cried despairingly. Mabel was so shocked from all that had happened, but before it could hit her, she realized something. How could Theo have smuggled the cyanide into the hotel? They had checked Mabel into her mother's bags, so they must have checked Theo's too. Suddenly, the answer came to her mind. All the there, Mabel explained. Mabel was sitting in a chair in her house, reading a book. Mabel looked up and noticed something that caught her eye. She could see the old golden antenna of TITK Fernandos from her house. Mabel suddenly had flashbacks to this day. The cold, dead body of the innocent woman, Theo smiling at her insanely as he revealed his cruel actions and Oliver confessing that he had helped smuggle in the cyanide in exchange for money for his sick daughters and his struggling family. Looking back at the hotel once again, Mabel was shocked by what she realized. T-I-T-K. Theo is the killer. The end. We hope you enjoyed T-I-T-K Thanatos by Auden, Channing, and Sinchana.